It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. What do the teams you root for, your music playlists, and your podcast feeds all have in common? Spoiler alert, they're a reflection of you, and that's what the State Farm Personal Price Plan has in common, too. It gives you options to help personalize your coverage so that you can protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you, so you can see more of yourself in everything you love. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state, options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. Who they think they're gonna beat them Bengals? It is the Lockdown Bengals Podcast with your hosts Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Bengals. Today, we join Jeff Carr of Locked On Reds for a special joint episode, Locked On Cincinnati. I do want to note that today's episode is brought to you by Hotels.com, Untuck It, and Grip Six Belts. That's right, we have three different sponsors, which means that there are three opportunities for you to take advantage of those sponsorships. We'll start with Hotels.com. Go check it out at Hotels.com and get rewarded for all of your travel. Be there, do that, get rewarded. Next up is Untuck It. Father's Day is coming up. Dads come in all shapes and sizes and so should their shirts. Tall, short, slim, and relaxed. You ever wonder why your dad's button-ups look so long and baggy at the end of the day? It can be hard for guys to pull off a casual untucked look that isn't sloppy. And that's where Untuck It comes in. It's a solution that fits just right. Specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. No tucking or tailoring required. 
Get 20% off on untuckit.com by using promo code MBA. Last sponsor to talk to you about today is Grip6 Belts. Another great gift for dads, brothers, uncles, husbands, grandpas, even moms and wives because they do have a woman's selection. Ultra lightweight with no holes, no flap, low profile, buckle flat against the waist, and it's a super comfortable belt. Special offer for you at grip6.com slash L-O-C-K-E, grip6.com slash lock. Check out a special offer on your next belt. Final sponsor to mention before we get into the episode is Blue Chew. You've heard the ads in the last couple of weeks. You'll hear another one today. Go check out Blue Chew. Get a special offer at bluechew.com using promo code locked on. Get a free shipment with just $5 shipping. Without further ado, let's jump into it with Jeff Carr from Locked On Reds. All right, we're picking up with Jeff Carr and Joe Goodberry. We've got Locked On Cincinnati going. What's going on, fellas? Who day? That's right. What do, what do Reds fans say, though? Uh... Woo! Maybe next year. Yeah, woo. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm not maybe next maybe year. Maybe next year. Um, no, there's this actual that, that, thing at Great American Ballpark that drives fans crazy where the woo starts going around, right? What's your woo! thoughts on the woo? There it is. What's your thoughts yep. on the woo, Jeff Carr? I don't hate it. I really don't because, like, there's points in the game that it, it gets a little quiet because yeah. it's Nobody not been well attended. So, yeah. So when you got a couple people yelling, at least there's something going on. Man, I remember going to Great American Ballpark back when I lived in Cincinnati, and I went to a game against the St. Louis Cardinals. I think the stadium was sold out. I don't remember what year this was, but somebody hit a walk-off home run, and that was that was pretty magical compared to what you see when you look out in the stands there today. It looks like there's about 5,000 people at the ballpark, and it's, it's a pretty likable team this year even with, with Derek Dietrich and... You know, Yasiel Puig, when he's healthy, Nick Senzel's up now. They're pitching well. For sure. And and that's been the most surprising part's been the pitching. Like, everyone figured that this team would score a ton. And instead, they're keeping everyone else from scoring. But they're just not scoring more than they give up. So that's where they sit right now. Like, everyone's talking about, and I'm sure you've gotten it on the football end to some extent. But there's very segregated camps when it comes to analytics versus not analytics versus, you know, the folks who don't like analytics. Yeah. And people, the, the traditional folks just are so against analytics and the analytics say this team is going to get better, but the traditional folks just keep rolling their eyes. Like last place, last place. We don't want to hear about all this analytics stuff. They suck. They're terrible. We're done watching them. And it's like, dude, it's May. Like, it's baseball. It's supposed to be fun. Have fun. Yeah. Sports are supposed to be fun, right, Joe? Yeah. Yes. And, I, you know, if you told me you got a bad team that has potential and they're pitching well uh, and they have hitters that aren't hitting well, but we know how that can go, right, where you can get hot and be hot for but a while. But they should be hitting better. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So if they do, and if that happens, and they're still pitching well, well, then that's how you go on a run and get right back into it pretty quickly. I mean, there's a Cy Young contender on the Reds for the first time since Johnny Cueto and, I guess, Aaron Harang that one year. He led the league in strikeouts and wins. Yeah, that's a a good shout-out. 
good old Aaron Harang. Uh, Luis Castillo has been nothing short of amazing. And that was the big question this offseason whenever they had the whole hashtag get the pitching and all that stuff yeah. is that everybody wanted them to go out and either get Dallas Keuchel or there was a lot of rumors of them trading with the Indians and getting Corey Kluber. Oh, but could you that imagine? Ace. Oh, man. Well, and especially imagine now because he got smacked on the arm with a line drive and i think he's gonna miss some time so that would now yeah yeah but i mean in the grand scheme of things the whole deal was to find that guy and i think they found him in the house like i mean i'm sure there's a little bit of regression coming but at, at right now luis castillo is just on top of the world when it comes to pitching well, in the expected stats, I think if you look at baseball savant, they're not expecting necessarily a ton of regression. So that's got to make you feel good if you're into any of that expected based on, you know, exit velocity, launch angle, swinging strike percentage, whatever it is. He looks good for all those things. Right. And that's the one thing that has been so encouraging is that the analytical side of it says he's not been getting lucky because they've had a couple of guys that – like Tanner Rourke, Tanner Rourke has good numbers, but he's got some really lucky numbers as well. Like the the one thing that I keep looking at on both pitching and hitting is a stat called BABIP, batting average on balls in play. And that is the most, at least it's not the end-all be-all predictive stat, but as far as a peripheral goes, it's a good indicator on who's getting lucky and who's getting unlucky. And right now, as a singular pitcher, Rourke is getting very lucky. And as a you know lineup as a whole, the Reds are super unlucky. The lowest team in the league by at least 20 points. And then the league average, and I'm saying all this because I was just thinking of it, so I looked it up, but <laughs> they are, um, they're like almost 40 points lower than league average. So it's going to come up. They're going to get better. Typical of a Cincinnati team, huh? Exactly. It's going to be better than it already is. We just don't know when. And, and, and unlucky. That's what I was going for. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Why, have they been killed by injuries? No, no. Just um, the way that the stats, are, like all the analytics and stuff, just the way that the lineup has played, they're a lot better. And then Joey Votto, I mean, he's not this bad. He's batting two oh eight. His career batting average is three oh eight. Like, he's way better than this, and he's going to get better, too. I'm not – I'm a little worried about him, but I'm not like, all right, we need to move him down in the order, maybe even bench him. I'm, I'm definitely nowhere near that. So, Joe, you were teasing yesterday that there is a player from your hometown on the Cincinnati Reds, and that is your connection to Cincinnati baseball. And, and you, you wouldn't tell us who it was, and I don't know the right. Reds well enough. So who is it? And it is Jesse – yeah, it is Jesse Winker, and he is from Niagara Falls, New York. That's where I live. That's where I've lived for 31 of my 32 years. Uh, I know some Winkers, and I did not know him as a child because uh, he's younger than me, obviously, but also because he moved away when he was seven years old and went to Orlando, Florida. So we kind of claim him, but at the same time, I'm sure he claims Orlando just as much. He was trying to run away from all that snow, I guess. Uh, I think many people would. It's tough to make <laughs> it as a baseball player from the northern part of the country. It is. It is. We've got a few, but yes, it is hard. That's all right. I love the wink, man. The wink is the man because, I mean, it was even before his whole series with the Mets where he just kept waving goodbye to everybody after they won. That was hilarious. But when it comes to him, he's a guy that looks to be a centerpiece for the Reds 
for the for the foreseeable future at least because his big draw this season was he can get on base a lot and maybe he can hit in the top of the lineup but does he hit for power well he's kind of flipped that on his head there's some people complaining he's not getting on base enough but he's hitting the home run so it's like you know if you're jesse winker you're like what do i gotta do like i guess i just gotta be awesome at everything apparently you but just gotta be I, peak I, joey Votto to satisfy to satisfy <laughs> the fans yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then uh, they'll complain about how much you walk, but uh, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> there was a time in my life where I loved baseball more than football, and that ended about 18 or 19 years old. I mean, I grew up playing baseball more than football, actually, and I was a pitcher and outfielder, and um, I love it. I, I coach right now, and, and my son's uh, nine years old, so that's as much baseball. But I haven't watched an MLB game in a long time since the Indians were in the World Series against the Cubs. That's been a few years, right? Uh, because I am a, a Cleveland Indians fan. Sorry to tell you guys. No, no animosity here. <laughs> <laughs> it's much less of a baseball rivalry. I mean, I know they do the the two series a year, whatever it is. The Ohio, leagues. but yeah, they're they're in different leagues. They 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 really like them playing each other has very little impact on a baseball season. Yeah. Well, and and oh, sorry. No, you're fine. I was just going to say the Cleveland-Cincinnati thing is just uh, as far as that goes for the rivalry. Yeah, and really when the two teams, like when the Indians are really good, the Reds aren't. And then when the Reds are really good, the Indians aren't. So they just never link up rivalry-wise where it's like, okay, this is a tough one. Like, you know what year you're just looking at a, a long game between the two, depending on which fan you are. Like... I mean, I, I think of different rivalries the Reds have, like with the Cubs and especially with the Cardinals. I mean, when it comes to uh, rivalries, the Cardinals are the Steelers. Well, so. I think there's there's a little bit of that with the Pirates, at least lately. And that's the one place yeah, that, that the fan base have an overlap of hatred and animosity for, for another city. Is Cincinnati does not like Pittsburgh. And, and the Pittsburgh Pirates in particular – don't seem to like the Reds much more than the Steelers seem to care about the Bengals. I, it, I I think you would have to make a hard case to me that the Steelers actually care about the Bengals. Yeah, and and that's kind of one thing where the Pirates, especially um, the last time the Reds were in the playoffs, it was the one-game playoff and the Pirates won. So there's a little bit of hatred there. But then on the other end of the spectrum, both teams right now, or at the cellar of the NL Central trying to get back up to the top. And there's, I'm trying to word this diplomatically, there's scrappiness with Mm. the Pirates when it comes to the way that they play against the Reds. And there's a little bit of criticism toward the Pirates manager and his whole, well, you know, you did something that we didn't like in that last play, so we're going to throw at your head. So I I don't know. I don't need to be diplomatic. Clint Hurdle is a headhunter. Yeah, I mean, the, the guy the guy loves throwing at people. The Pirates seems like every year lead in hitting the other team with pitches and there's just not there's no action ever taken. And obviously this year there's that whole thing started with Chris Archer and I mean it's it's been such an ongoing trend for so long and even I saw this week, I don't know if it was Doug Gray or somebody else put something up on Twitter of a minor leaguer in the Pittsburgh organization throwing behind a guy and getting tossed. Yeah. It probably wasn't Doug Gray. I don't think he would get to that level of politics. But point is, it seems to be an organizational issue in Pittsburgh. And 
And for Cincinnati fans, and including our listeners who are Bengals fans, it's really easy to say, man, Pittsburgh, bunch of bunch of dirty athletes, dirty organizations. We don't like them. Yeah, so maybe even let's, um, I don't know if, how you feel about this, but maybe we'll segue a little bit back into the football. What do you think the Bengals' chances are? Should I go to the Bengals-Steelers game at Paul Brown Stadium this year? You know, aside from the fan interaction. That's the one later it? in the year, right? Yeah. I think. Well, well they're, yeah, they're okay. If it's later in the year, that answers my question. But yeah, yeah. Cause <laughs> is the season over? Is it, is it is it still fun to go? Because I mean, right, yeah, that's kind of hard to. I, I'd I'd wait and see on that one. But uh, there are a few games I think that are at least interesting and fun, or or that you think the Bengals could uh, pull off that I would uh, be interested. We went over the schedule, and you know, there's. They played the NFC West, which I think any of those games could be fun and, and interesting. And then the AFC East, right, Jake? And uh, that's a bad division with the Jets, Bills, Dolphins at the bottom of it. So any of those games could be you know, wins, potentially. There, there should be some games that they win, especially at home. They play well at home. Here's a question for you, and, and kind of we can combine it here. Have you have you looked at the schedules enough to know whether there's a weekend? And I know they generally avoid this, but if I wanted to combine a trip and see the Reds and the Bengals in the same trip to Cincinnati, is that a thing I can do, or is that is that overlap not happening? Do we know? Right, regular season, no. I didn't look at the preseason though, oh. but I know that the the first uh, couple of weekends. I want to say like they just alternate. Like the yeah, Bengals yeah. are home on the eighth, and then the That's Reds what they are home. Do. Yeah, so I think they know what they're doing. You know, fingers crossed. If the Reds make the playoffs, then it does become a problem. But uh, a good know. problem. Yeah. Tell me what it like to go to a baseball game Saturday night and then a Bengals game Sunday morning. Hey, uh, as my wife can attest, we've done baseball and soccer in one day, so we can. Oh uh, yeah. I, I'd be all about baseball and football. And How long does the weekend. SC Cincinnati schedule go? When does that season end? That's a long one. That um, I want to say their first home game was the same. I think it was like a week before the opening day for the Reds. And then their playoffs don't start till mid-October. So they're pretty much the entire baseball season. You Maybe. can do a full sports weekend. That'd be fun. Yeah. Get the, get the Reds into the playoffs, get all three games in one weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday somehow. And, dare I say, the Bearcats football team is looking pretty good this year. Really? Uh, I don't know if there's enough time in the day. (laughs) (laughs) Also, doesn't FC Cincinnati need to play in the same stadium as the Bearcats football team? That wouldn't work. There's that, too. They probably make sure that they don't overlap that. I'm sure. Right. Okay. Let's take a quick break and we'll talk some more about football things. We started going there, but we do need to get our advertising in. So let's throw that in here and we'll be right back to talk about some more sports, some more Cincinnati stuff. We'll talk about chilly places maybe. Anyway, we'll be right back. Guys, let's talk about sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up as twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Let me tell you, we get free samples, and if you think Marshawn Lynch has a good stiff arm, you've seen nothing yet. 
Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, the, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Bengals podcast. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we are back with Locked On Cincinnati. Hey, everybody, this is your favorite son, Jeff Carr, from Locked On Red. I'm just kidding. I'm not your favorite son. Like, most of you haven't heard of me. You guys are listening to Joe Goodberry and Jake Liskow of the Locked On Bengals podcast, and I just happen to be tagging along. So, guys, mostly we're Jake. back. Mostly Jake, yeah. So, real quick, before we jump into some Bengals talk, which is better? Skyline or Gold Star? So here's the thing. Skyline sponsors the Reds and Gold Star sponsors the Bengals. Ironic, yes. However, Skyline hands down. And yeah. if you're to ask the real chili buffs, they would say, what's the one in Mount, Mount Washington, is it? Yeah. Uh, what's that other? Uh, Camp Washington. Camp Washington. Camp Washington. What's the yeah. other place? Uh... There's Camp Washington, there's Blue Ash, there's... Anyway, there, there's other yeah. options, too, that, that people will point to. But for me, it was always Skyline growing up. I went there every Friday. I've said on the podcast before for about 18 years with my family growing up, and I've eaten a lot of Skyline in my life. And quick beef, too. Um, Skyline sponsors the Locked On Kentucky podcast. Definitely go check that out if you're a Kentucky fan. But they don't sponsor any of us. What is going on with that? Skyline, bring it in. Bring it yeah. up. Come on. You know, I've talked to them about that. And it's a, it's a franchisee thing. So get ah. in, in your local Skyline. Find out who's running the show and, and have a chat. Idea. Yeah, Need to do go. that. So, all right, Jake, uh, firstly, I will ask you this. I read the other day, and it was talked about quite a bit, that the this year could see the Bengals win six games. I'm trying to remember who wrote it, but they predict the Bengals win six games, but that Andy Dalton has the best year of his career. Would that make you happy for 2019? I would love it if Andy Dalton had the best year of his career. Uh, I, I think that topping 2015 for him will be pretty tough. I think that he is, however, on an upward trajectory. And last year, Joe and I, watching the first five games of the season, said, you know what, this might be the best Andy Dalton's actually ever played. And right. Joe did this project late last week or yesterday or whatever it was. Time is a construct that's very confusing. I'm on a long weekend right now. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Joe did this thing where he went through and said, 
Here's how Andy Dalton's graded using Pro Football Focus and his stats, like quarterback rating. Yeah, QBR and quarterback rating, two different things. Okay, the different quarterback (laughs) ratings, fair enough. And here's how, you know, the offensive line is performed in that same time, the wide receivers, the other positional groups on the Bengals. And for the most part, it was fully correlated. They, They were the same... You know, when Andy Dalton went up, the rest went up. Or when others went up, Andy Dalton came with them. Like, he he just kind of followed the trend. And last year, it was the first time that Andy Dalton had a better year and everyone else was on a downtrend. So that a was very interesting. better year than his offensive line and a better year than his receivers. That was the first time in his career he has been better than both. Which I think, you know, I didn't know this before because, you, like you said, when we were watching last year, we said, wow, he's doing things he's never done before. He, look at look look what he's doing here. This isn't something we've seen often, very rarely, but in the past. I've said I thought that was the best version of himself, and it was maybe um, he had to be because of the issues on the offensive line and because I think the offense as a whole was stagnant in, in some ways. They found ways to, to be creative because everyone was healthy to, to start the year. But uh, I think in a Zach Taylor offense, if this is a Rams offense, I think it will highlight his skills and highlight his abilities in terms of play action, passing, being under center, things that he wasn't good at the first two or three years. I remember talking about this, and I may have talked about it with you, Jake. I remember conversations and about um, originally when they were going to like a run first offense in 2014 when players were getting hurt and we were saying, you know, he really, this isn't his strength for Andy Dalton. And then it ended up being where he's found his most success since then from 15, 16, 17, and 18. Under center and and, and um, off play action, Andy Dalton has been the best version of himself. That's what you should expect in a Ram-style offense in Cincinnati. And if that happens, if that comes, and one day into OTAs, I've got no reason to believe that's not coming. And if it does, I think there's a very good chance he has his best statistical year. Now, does that mean he plays uh, better? Well, I don't know. But I, I think production-wise, he should at least have one of his best years. So so this was the question, though, is if Andy Dalton has his best year and they somehow win only six games, is that a good year for the for the Bengals? How do they win those six? Who do they beat, right? Is it... Well, but this the, is Andy Dalton playing his best, his best year in our eyes. This is Joe and Jake evaluating and saying, you know what, that's the best Andy Dalton's ever played and they only won six games. What? what how do that, we feel about that? Did that happen last year or do we think they would have won maybe... S- eight if he would have stayed healthy those final handful of games you know so it it was a very similar thing as soon as they got to the Chiefs game and the Saints game and they lost we said this it doesn't matter Andy Dalton can play have his best year he got to those games he didn't do anything the offense didn't do anything the team didn't do anything they turned into the exact thing we're afraid of and that's when they get into primetime games or against good teams and they fold and so we said this team is exactly who we thought they were and it didn't matter how good Andy Dalton was in my opinion so if that happens again and they're folding to these good teams then it doesn't matter. And they're still the same team they've always been. But if they can put up a fight against those teams, if they can go toe-to-toe with the Steelers, if they can go toe-to-toe with a team like the like the Chiefs and the Saints, then I'll feel much better about it and say, all right, six wins, but you know what? I feel differently about how this roster is constructed, the mentality, and them going forward. Now, if they're picking top eight on a six-win year, I'm still going to feel the same way I always do. If a quarterback's there and it's one you think is worthy, you take him. And that's almost never the case. I'll say that he would have to be better than his 2015 self because even though he started doing things that he never did last year, his 2015 was still his best year. Yeah, because of production-wise. And the receiving core... Well, when he, I was, also he was also better. Up, I mean, he had a better supporting cast around him, but he was, he right. was making things happen. He wasn't missing throws. I mean, no, he was I missing think, some throws. But. 
I think 2018 was better than 2015. And I, I think the production didn't match in 2018 and 2015 because Eifert got hurt. Because they didn't have Marvin Jones yeah. and, had, and instead had um, John Ross. And those things took a big hit. And the yeah. offensive line wasn't as good. So we yeah. had to make things happen differently. If you wanted to sell me on his first five games of 2018 were better than his entire 2015, maybe I'd buy it. But he he was the same roller coaster after those five games, I think. I agree. So, You're so, not wrong. So I would... Well, imagine that Andy Dalton in that offense from the first five games and everyone stays healthy because we know that's what happened in 2015. These guys all stayed healthy until Dalton got hurt week 15, was it? It was in that range. So if that would have continued, I had no doubt in my mind he would have put up numbers where his completion percentage was lower. And that's something that I think was a a result of the offense they were running. But besides that, I think stat-wise we would have looked at it and said easily a standout year for him. So you ask us a simple question, Jeff, and you get a seven-minute answer. There you go. Hey, I'm, okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Uh, sticking with the offense, and this is something um, almost more personal. I don't know how many people actually care about this, but I personally do. In your own estimation, what is a good year this year for John Ross? That's a good question, right? Because – they need him to be good. It's not just that we want him to be because he's the number nine overall pick. I think even though AJ Green and Tyler Boyd have definitely solidified themselves as a number one and number two, both guys currently, as we speak, are in the final year of their deal. And because of it, the Bengals need to make decisions. Hopefully they sign both and keep both. And they have a great receiving core because we see also in that chart that I did, the, the better the receiving core is, the better Andy Dalton's numbers are. And I think the team knows that. And everyone's aware of that. You get surround him with A-plus talent, and he's going to play well or at least produce well. So if if John Ross is who we think he can be, and honestly I think he can be a very, very good starting receiver. And if he is that, uh, this is a dynamic trio that – probably can top any in the league, in my opinion, if Ross hits that stride. If not, if he's just Ted Ginn Jr., I still think that can be a very dynamic offense. And now you look at it and you say, well, now then we're kind of forced to keep Boyd and Green if he's just Ted Ginn. Uh, And you let Ross write out his contract. But if Ross turns into Deshaun Jackson in this year, then you say, well, and they may not be afforded this opportunity, right? They may resign Boyd and Green. But if they don't, they may say, well, we we can afford to let A.J. Green go, as sad as that sounds, or franchise him for one year, right, and extend it one more season and try and keep it together. I think that that makes me think of a, two, a couple things, that, that question. One, John Sheeran at CincyJungle.com has a cool piece up right now on how John Ross can become the Brandon Cooks equivalent. And he takes a look at some of the things that L.A. did and some of the things that Ross can do. And tried yeah. to translate, okay, here's the screens, here's the jet sweeps, here's where you put him in the slot and you get him running across the field in the middle, you get that free release. And he, and he even did that in the red zone on one play on a touchdown last year. Against and, Saints. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, before it was a blowout. <laughs> right. The, um, the other thing that makes me think of is John Ross tweeted today something about a different kind of confidence or a new kind of confidence. And you just love to see that. It's been one day of OTAs and, and John he's Ross feeling is good. feeling good. I mean, that's huge because we, we, he, we know that he's got this, this documented history of struggling with the mental aspect, with the pressure, with depression, anxiety, whatever you want to call it. If he's feeling good, well, maybe some of those concentration drops you know, start to 
go out of 100%. his game that, that you didn't see out of him at Washington. Maybe you start to see him, you know, keep the effort up on the plays where, you know, Marvin Lewis would have been on him before. And now he's, he's, he's got no fear. He, he just, he's feeling good. He's feeling confident. So you hope that that means a, that that translates to some of the concentration stuff on the field and two B, I guess that means he likes what is installed for him and he sees it working. Yeah. And maybe it is those jet sweeps, those, you know, play action screens where he, he gets constructed space and then he just gets to use his speed. And, you, you know, you get 10 free yards here, 10 free yards there because of the scheme. And yeah. and if that's coming over and you can go look at that John Sharon piece for some really good examples of these plays, there's no reason he can't be Brandon Cooks. I mean, he might not be as polished as Brandon Cook. So maybe you say a good year for John Ross is like 900 yards from scrimmage, not just receiving yards, mm-hmm. five touchdowns. You, you feel sure. pretty damn good about that. And I think even less than that would be good. Because remember, if he is the third receiver all year, not, let's say the other guys do stay healthy. They haven't recently. And even if they miss a couple games and Ross included. Uh, and if Eifert's healthy for most of the year, then yeah, he may point. be the fourth option. We all hope Joe Mixon gets involved in the passing game way yeah. more than he has the first two years. And if that happens, what if Ross only has 32 catches for 550 yards and four touchdowns. Is that a down year because he had seven TDs last year? I I think the evaluation is more important than the production this year for John Ross because there were things production-wise where I was was happy in a a lot of games as being a a low-end target where, man, he he had a big catch against the Ravens for a touchdown, and I don't want to see anything else. I don't really care. That was a great great game just because of that. Mm -hmm. Right. So evaluation-wise, if I see him make these plays, if I see him be a weapon in this offense that's functioning, now if if the offense is struggling and he's only catching two passes for 25 yards then we're gonna have questions but the offense if it's moving and it's productive and ross is just a role player but a special one a one one that can do the what the other guys can't do then i think everyone can be happy with that as long as the evaluation matches up we don't see the stupid drops or the or the effort issues or just the uh inability to get him the ball the way that the offense should and i think if all that happens in a positive way i think everyone walks away happy and remember, the Rams were on pace to have three 1,000-yard receivers last that's year. true. Before, what's his name? Cooper the white Cup. guy got hurt. Yeah, Cooper, Cooper Cup. Cup. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and, and they didn't have a tight end that's going to command this sort of targets that Tyler Eifert Well, especially in the red zone. And it'll be really interesting true. to see how they're going to use Tyler Eifert. But they did have a running back that got a ton of touches a game. And yep. the Bengals are expected to have that now as well. Although maybe Zach Taylor, you hope, has learned from maybe running Todd Gurley into the ground the way that the Rams did last year. And you hope that they have enough depth at running back to certainly avoid that. That's the thing, yeah. Um, There is a possibility for Ross to get those touches. You hear the players today talking about everything's going faster. They're they're adapting to the speed of practice, which you hope translates to the speed of games. And if the offense is better, well, they're going to get more plays in. And if the defense is better which Carlos Dunlap, I mean, he, he's a confident guy. Every year you hear him say that we're going to be good. We're going to be a better unit. But, you know, today he said we're, we're not going to come out the same way on defense. Well, there, there's reason to believe that, that there's a higher ceiling for Ross. But you do make a good point, though. The, evaluate, uh, the evaluation, I, I agree, is definitely more important than the stat line at the end. But you hope that the big thing is you hope that he has a higher catch percentage you yep. hope that he has more catchable passes and fewer drops yes. because the biggest issue for him last year 
was how many balls were thrown to him that were just nowhere close. I yep. think well, fifty percent, if that, catchable yeah. passes, and which is really, really low for a guy struggling to, with his own confidence and self worth. I think in the, in this offense, uh, getting uncatchable targets is a killer. It's like being double teamed or chipped constantly as a pass rusher. And then you finally don't, and you're like, oh, I should have gave my, uh, full effort on that one. I actually had a chance. And we say, well, professionals should should always be given 100%. Come on. They're, they're also humans they're that are out there running 70 plays yeah. a game. Um, if you don't think you're getting the ball or if you don't think you have a chance to actually rush the passer, you may not do it. So uh, I think it was a bad mix. And I was surprised at the times he did find a way to only catch one ball for a touchdown. I'm like, man, you know, all of a sudden he looks like a completely different guy in the red zone uh, as if that confidence was there. And I hope that bleeds over into the entire offense. Jake kind of mentioned it with his talking about Carlos Dunlap's comments. And uh, this is definitely going to be something to unpack and probably something that just can't be answered on this podcast, at least, you know, to everyone's satisfaction. But given the, massive overhaul of the defense how do they get better this year we, we we've been asked about the defense a few times and every time we get asked we say we we have no idea what to expect because Lou Anarumo and the rest of the coaches have no track record and so yeah how, how do they get better well they they stop getting exploited over the middle of the field they stop putting guys in disadvantageous islands yeah. that just end up leading to guys running free in space you know, maybe they, they, they certainly have some communication issues, I think, to clean up. And they got better as Marvin Lewis took over. But under Terrell Austin, it seemed like there was a lot of confusion, uh, a lot pointing. of complexity. And, yeah, there, there there certainly wasn't the cohesiveness that you like to see out of a defensive unit. So those would be the things that need to get better. As for what they're going to do schematically, well, we have Kat Terrell coming on tomorrow. Hopefully we can ask her what she's seeing out of these OTAs. And I'm going to add health. Because yeah, if you can point. keep um, two guys that aren't practicing in OTAs right now, but when they come back in camp and if they're healthy, I think same, same draft. So they're going in their third year. Carl Lawson and, and Ryan Glasgow, the way Lawson played as a rookie and started the season, the way Glasgow really started last year until he got hurt in the Panthers game, I thought, man, these are quality players that can give you good minutes. Now, I think uh Carl uh, Lawson can be a premier edge rusher for them. So I, I, different tiers I'm talking here, but I think Glasgow can be a really good number three defensive tackle that can help you out a lot. And if those guys are healthy, your defensive line goes from being okay. And Jake and I have talked about this in the lockdown Bengals a bunch. You need that third part of the triangle. You need that third guy in the trinity of a pass rush to really help out the other two. And they got Atkins and Dunlap, but. When it when they're when they've in years past when that guy's been hurt or they've lost Michael Johnson when he went to the Bucks for the one year or that or it's been a rotation of that third guy they've really struggled and you there'd be games and moments and drives where you wonder where Dunlap and Atkins are that's because they're missing that third guy it's 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 really important to defenses and no matter how good these guys are uh, and then you go and look and they had injuries injuries all throughout the cornerback position last year and linebackers of course every year it seems like but uh you hope if at the very least nick vigil who i think is their best linebacker when healthy and if preston brown's healthy at least gives them stability of some sort at the inside linebacker position we don't have to get we don't see hardy nickerson running around there because i think that was a big issue last year and then whoever the third linebacker may be if it's jermaine pratt or not um health would go a long way and we say that for the offense too uh you roll that dice every year. I think it can be very random, and you hope that uh, you know you flip a coin and lands on heads this year or tails, whatever you call. But anyways, point being, you hope they're much healthier. 
Ruben Foster today. Bad yes. knee injury. Exactly right. Thing. Yeah, sort of. I think I do. I don't know. He's kind of a, one of those guys you don't root for. No, you don't. But you never root for injury for guys, and it's you don't. always, it's always, it's you know, it's, it's a, a reminder third, third that third snap of camp. Yeah, he blew yeah. up his knee. You could basically put all these numbers of uh, of Bengals players on a random number generator, stop it five times, and lose those guys for the year, and that's basically what you should expect. Yep. Yeah, they had a lot yeah. of ACL injuries last year, too. I think they have nine guys or something rehabbing from ACLs. Most of them at home. I tracked injuries last year, and he's either at practice or at Paul Brown Stadium. Yeah. Uh, um, let's let's uh, do a couple Cincinnati things, and then we'll wrap up. Jeff, where'd you go to high school? I It's funny because I actually started high school up in Middletown, Middletown Christian, and then I moved to Kentucky, so I don't even... You don't have a I Cincinnati kinda, high school I to kinda, hang your hat on. I, yeah, I kind of killed that question. Sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> Why, is that, a you go? Is, that a, is that a question for... Uh, uh, that's a Cincinnati a, thing, man. You meet yeah. people in Cincinnati that are from Cincinnati. Where'd you go to high school? Mm. I met a It'll guy... Like, What's your name? Where'd you go to high school? Yeah. I met a guy uh, up here who... He plays video games. And he plays World of Warcraft. Wait, like with... for a job? What? No. You're like for a job? No, no, no. Oh, I... he just plays video games like yeah, everyone he, else? Yeah, in, in his pastime. He, and he plays World oh. of Warcraft with these guys okay. from Cincinnati. And I tell him, right now, text your buddies from Cincinnati. Ask them where they went to high school and what chili they eat. And, and they all got a kick out of it. Because that's, that's, that's a huge Cincinnati thing. So I thought we'd just do some Cincinnati things and be like, where'd you go to high school? But I'm from guess, a much I guess smaller play that game city where we had one high school and everyone went there oh yeah right right and that was that was the funny thing about living in kentucky they where i lived at i lived in berea and that was county high schools so like everyone went to the same one unless you drove a half an hour in one direction (laughs) right there's some big big high schools in northern kentucky though oh yeah yeah up there in northern i was about um about an hour and a half hour and 45 minutes probably hour and 45 minutes the way i drive it was an hour and a half but uh south of cincinnati so it was it was even further south of lexington and all that different stuff so yeah and Wait. and not to say my high school was small either i graduated with a thousand kids there was at at one point nearly five thousand kids in the high school dang so yeah. it was a big high school they just made everyone in the city go to one high school that's a big that's a quite big school yeah i would say so well i got a cincinnati question for you guys there we go. Let's do UDF, it. UDF or graders? Joe, do you know UDF and graders? I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, uh, Joe, you got to spend more time in Cincinnati, my friend. Okay, all right. uh, it's all about ice cream. All so here's here's the thing. Uh, for for shakes, obviously UDF, right? Oh yeah, they it's have the malt. Can't go they, wrong. They have the malt. Yeah. But my dad, when he was still in the business, was in business with graders and helped them out with producing their black raspberry chip ice cream. Oh, I, actually, yeah. I actually worked at graders one winter break during their Christmas shipping season. Jake was a fat child. I was working at graders, <laughs> Joe. I still am. Uh, <laughs> and... The most notable – there are two, two notable things happened while I was working at Graders. Well, actually three. One, I had to wake up before 5 in the morning every day to get down there to get to work, and that was miserable. Two, the guys I was working with had been doing it for so long 
The way that they ship graters is they put dry ice in a styrofoam box, they put the ice cream over it, and then they seal the box. And then when the person receives it, everything's still frozen. They leave it open, the dry ice sublimates or whatever, and turns into gas, and it, it's easy to dispose of. The guys, you don't touch dry ice with your bare hands, obviously, because it's extremely cold. And the guys that I was working with there that have been doing this for who knows how long have been handling dry ice so long that all the nerve endings in their fingers were just dead. They would just hold dry <laughs> ice in their bare hands. I'd be wearing three pairs of gloves. My hands would still be getting cold. Man. And uh, the last thing notable about that job is... Uh, Does that lead right into our EPCO safety sponsor? Not tomorrow. Uh, oh, okay. Tomorrow, guys. The, 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 the last thing about that job that was notable is Matt Hasselbeck, every year, doesn't order Grater's Ice Cream for, uh, for Christmas. And we filled his really? order. That was that was the one. That's the only one I remember. Matt Hasselbeck. He I think was a mint chocolate chip guy. I think, or maybe it was black raspberry chip. I can't remember. All sound good. That's awesome. So yeah, yeah. The graders, black raspberry chip. That's I'll, I'll tout the family business there just a little bit, even though we're not in it anymore. My dad's retired. Dad, I hope you're enjoying your retirement. I know you listen every day. Uh, but graders. That's what's up. Um, what about you? Oh, I'm. It's funny you mentioned the difference between like if I want a malt, I want to go to UDF. If I want ice cream, I want to go to Graders. Yeah. And that's just one thing that like I never. When I go to UDF, I always look at you know they got the flavors all laid out. And, you know, got like Superman and all the really colorful ones that you're not even sure if they actually have a flavor to them. They just look cool. But I always look at all of them and I'm like large chocolate malt. <laughs> When I go to Graders, man, I'm like, oh, man, I'll pick that one this time. Next time I'll go that one, which black raspberry chip. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah. They had a new one, though. Uh, it was really good. That was a s'mores. They had a s'mores one here recently that was just that bomb. Nice. Yeah, they, it, it, was, it was good. They did a uh, Buckeye Blitz. Is that still a flavor they have? They did the Buckeye Blitz when I was working there, and I remember I really liked that one because there's peanut butter cups in it. Yep, yep. That's a good one. And what and about Skyline nuts. and Gold Star for you? Oh, Skyline. All Skyline right. all the way. Well, and, now that we have that important business out of the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you were going to throw in some other remarks. Well, I was going to say, I do like blue. I like blue-ass chili quite a bit, too. But they got... It's funny because you go to Skyline, you know exactly what you want. Blue Ash is the kind of place that you actually go in and you look at the menu for a half a second to figure it out. But Skyline, I don't even touch a menu. I sit down and the lady's like, what do you want? And I'm like, "What's three-way, three-way two conies, everything. Sometimes I like to mix in the habanero cheese and uh, it depends on how healthy I'm being, if it's a Mountain Dew or if it's a water. There you go. <laughs> I think because oh, the water is going to tip the scales in the healthiness. Well, uh, exactly. It makes a pretty hey. big difference with water versus a Mountain Dew, man. <laughs> you know, sugary every, carbonated every drinks are very bad for you. <laughs> this guy drinking water things. every day. Hey, the man, I got my Nalgene here. got my liter. Uh, I'm going to send you a box of coffee. Uh, I don't drink coffee, Joe. <laughs> That's why I'm going to send it to you. Okay, now you I'm with Joe coffee on, this on me? Yeah. Here, I'll try man. this. Uh, I did have a sip of a Vietnamese coffee today. It doesn't really taste like coffee. It's made with condensed milk. It's extremely sweet. That sounds exactly like something you would do. It wasn't mine. Anyway, uh, 
Maybe, maybe Joe, we got to, Joe and I are going to try to get to Cincinnati for a football game this year. Maybe we'll have to do a chili tour. Check out Blue Ass Chili and Skyline yeah, Chili. Because I haven't done any of it. I haven't yeah. had any of the chili. My order yes. at Skyline is typically, it's a three-way and three conies, no mustard, no onion. Although sometimes I like to leave out the hot dog and just do the chili cheese sandwiches. Those are pretty nice. They're pretty chili nice. Chili cheese you got chili cheese sandwiches, and then you got uh, Chilitos. Oh, Shout I out haven't to... tried those either, and I want to. Next time, i got to try one. Shout out to the former host of both of these podcasts, James Rapin. <laughs> his, his, his he loves the Chilitos. There you go. I would like to say for our listeners that both of the gentlemen here besides me have really nice beards. I actually just trimmed mine here a little bit ago. I was trying to look nice. Uh, had a oh, good... is that it? Had a good podcast guest the other day. Got to meet, so I was, you know, trying to look a little nice for him. We should start out. describing our guests for the uh, listeners, since we can see each other on video. Well, yeah, not always. Jeff, I think, is our first guest that we we've done a video with. That's right. Yeah, Jake I just and I wish do it for visual cues. Yeah. Nice. So thanks for I that, just, Jeff. I just wish I actually had. Whoa, hit the microphone there. I just wish I actually had something to look at behind me, except the white wall. But you know, it's what you it guys is. both look like you're in your closets. Yeah, <laughs> I actually I am in a closet. I have. You got all the awesome me. like comics and stuff behind you. That's what's up. That's what's up. Thank you. Joe has his office. All right, guys, let's wrap it up there. This has been a Locked On Cincinnati podcast. Jeff, thanks so much for the idea. Thanks for joining us, having some Cincinnati talk. We'll have to do it again one of these days. Absolutely. Maybe we'll have a chili tour recap episode sometime in October or something. Heck yeah, and if the chili tour happens, you definitely got to hit me up. All right, we'll let you know. That'll do it for the Locked On Cincinnati podcast. Locked On Bengals today has a whole host of sponsors, starting with Blue Chew. You heard Joe talk about him at the break. Along with Blue Chew this week, we're brought to you by Hotels.com. Check them out if you're taking a trip anywhere. Get rewarded for your travel. Untuck it for some cool Untuck style t-shirts. Father's Day is coming up. Make sure you check those out. Check out untuckit.com and use promo code MBA to get 20% off if you decide to go that route for your Father's Day present. And remember, Joe's a dad, so hook it up. Finally, we're brought to you by Grip6 Belts. There's a special offer for you there if you want to get a sweet belt that is very comfortable. Joe spoke for these himself. Grip6.com slash L-O-C-K-E. So actually, if you're doing the Father's Day thing, Grip6.com slash L-O-C-K-E. Get Joe a belt. Keep There's a buckle with everywhere. a buffalo on it. Oh, there you yeah, go. I'll take that. Yeah, what I think a, it's really cool. What about one with some Bengal stripes? Yeah, they don't have them, but if they did, I'd, I'd rock that. I had some Bengal sneakers at one point. They were pretty cool. I actually did, too. Yeah. Can't go wrong. But, yeah. Anyway, that'll do it for this episode of Locked On Cincinnati. Locked on Bengals, locked on Reds. For Jeff Carr and Joe Goodberry, I'm Jake Lisko. We'll see you next time, Bengals fans. Have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.